He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Welcome back to Know Your Cinema Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 11, and today we are reviewing The Santa Claus. And with me, as always, are my two fellow hosts, the one and only Jason Quinn. Hello, hello. And back, by popular demand, the Maharaja of the mundane, Mr. Vivin Matthew. Namaste, fellas. How are you? It's been a minute. We are good. We are good, sir. A happy belated birthday to you, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a f- to do it over Facebook. Uh, I must say, I do appreciate uh, everyone saying happy birthday on Facebook. Uh, as I get older, I uh, it's good to be reminded because I think I'm starting to forget my age. So it's uh, it's it's appreciated. <laughs> I think Jason's dying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think he's dead. <laughs> Did you did you swallow that little microphone that you were holding? That Hold little ti- teeny tiny Hold microphone. Teen Wolf's dying over here. Fat Teen Wolf's dying. You are turning red. He is he is redder than the sun right now. You look we're like so look like Krypton's sun right now. It's like red velvet cake over Not there. Not Superman. You you literally look like the son of Krypton. About to explode, uh. choke, and die all at the same time. <laughs> that went down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> That's what she said. Oh, thank you. You can't breathe beer. I don't see gills, buddy. You you can't. You can't do that. Uh, There might be some growing right now. That's just facial hair. That's just just that chin strap. (laughs) I I I consider it an Amish style beard. You haven't you haven't seen a hard day's work work uh, in a while, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> That's been a hard days. Manual labor in a while. If you that uh, I I grew my own garden this summer, and that counts. Is is that okay? I got you, Jason. If you don't mind me asking, uh, just a curiosity as far as from a uh, what would this uh, what would this be called? A uh, question about fashion, maybe in that category. So uh, tell me a little bit about the facial hair. Is the the mustache lacking? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'd love a... to tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm just wait, curious. Wait, wait, pause. Time out. Say, say mustache again. Mustache. <laughs> you said mustache. Mm. You made it fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so I can I... I can grow a full beard. Uh, okay, I was curious. My TikTok. Okay. Um, I had a full beard earlier in the summer. Okay. <clears throat> and then. Um, my girlfriend was like, I ain't feeling it. If you get the mustache gone, then I'll be feeling it. And so I was like, gone. 
Say no more. <clears throat> it it was gone before she finished the sentence, right? I was like, well, all right. Like, what mustache? I mean, <laughs> that shit is that that shit is history. It's ancient ancient history at this point. All right, looking good, brother. <clears throat> no one likes road rash. <laughs> <laughs> I like the golf clap. I like the golf clap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got Vivin back, um, and, and last week me and Jason talked about a a very very big announcement here on Mary Cinema Podcast. And for that big announcement, I'm going to let Vivin Matthew tell you exactly the big news. Vivin, take it away. All right. So, um, being away last week had not anything to do with this announcement. Uh, just as a preliminary. Uh, it just happened to be a happenstance, but um, it did want to let the fans know that uh, at the end of this Christmas season, or that I think there's what two more episodes left or three more episodes left. One. 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 Oh, really, man? Christmas has come faster than I thought. So, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Next week, or next episode that we record, is going to be my final episode for Know Your Cinema. Um, after that, it is going to be, the, the podcast is, is still on with Mr. Jason Quinn and Devlin Clements. So the podcast is still happening. It's just, uh, I will be retiring my mic as far as Know Your Cinema is uh, concerned. So I did want to Take a few minutes, make sure that that is something that was uh, common knowledge and not something that has to be, <laughs> you know, guessed at in the future. I, I want to also, if it's okay with you guys, just take a second and just uh, talk about my appreciation for this entire experience. Uh, it's been a journey that's been, what, what do you guys say, like a year and a half now? No, it's like a year and three months. Year and three months. Uh, it it really has been in in some ways a life changing experience. We I think accomplished something that, uh, not speaking for you guys, just personally, uh, I think reinvigorated certain passions that was kind of left dormant for a long time, and uh, this podcast was a a rekindling. Of that, uh, of that kind of childhood, at uh, young adulthood, something that I had kind of spent a lot of time talking about, and also making stuff in that creative field, and then abandoned it for various reasons. You know, life happens, adulthood happens, responsibility happens, and then you, you know, kind of give up. And uh, I do have to thank this podcast for that rekindling. And I want to thank you guys for just, you know, being amazing friends uh, and uh, just, you know, making this podcast happen. So it is, uh, it is definitely with a heavy heart that I am leaving. Um, I do have uh, personal reasons that I have already discussed with both the co-hosts for leaving. Uh, nothing to do with them, just personal, literally personal reasons for myself. Um, and so it is... Uh, it is an amicable departure. Nothing, not, nothing dramatic. I apologize 
for uh, for anyone to, stick to uh, script, you know Evan. stick to the script we wrote for you oh yes <laughs> um, you mean i should not go there okay um <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me just say that um number one me and jason didn't want to out you without you present we mm-hmm. didn't want to put words in your mouth um, yeah. on last week's episode or say things that were taken out of context or for the fans um with that said for the fans we are not replacing vivin um there can't be a replacement for vivin uh we love him we bust his balls a lot but we love him um and we hope that vivin will come back for replacement uh, we hope that uh, Vivin will um, come back um, and uh, be a guest host on his in his spot every once in a while. Uh, we leave that on the table for him. There's no like uh, like like I said before. There's no ill wills towards Vivin for leaving. He's got things that he wants to accomplish and do, and he wants to um, he wants to. Uh, do do the right thing but for himself and that's that's commendable um let me just say from a personal standpoint uh this was a a weird brainchild of all three of us uh when we Man. were discussing it before um uh we even got it off the ground we didn't know what we wanted to do necessarily everything from the name to the how we would go about things and it's evolved and it's it's went a, a different course each and every month, every week. It's 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 gone off the rails. It's done numerous things for all of us. So, um, Vivian, I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate you being up front with us in regards to what you want to do. And like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that out there. What what your plans are or anything like that. Um, but that for me, thank you for. Uh, number one, helping me, showing me how to edit the podcast because this podcast couldn't continue if no one didn't know how to edit the damn thing. Um, so, and, and creating the uh, the intro and the Batman intro and, and doing the things that a lot of people probably didn't know that you did behind the scenes. So, uh, again, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll probably get more into this next week, but thank you again for your time and uh we like i said the door's open to come back we hope you will come back you know a few months if every once in a while to do a guest spot um out of the kindness of your heart so that's for me jason you have anything you'd like to add uh, i think that's it <laughs> <laughs> no i um i like you know, like i said we'll probably get into it more last you know next week when it's you know finally feels real <clears throat> but uh I mean, to say that it was a, a easy thing for me to to deal with would be a lie. I mean, it was it was rough to you know to even find out that you were you were leaving. But at the same time, I <clears throat> I look at you know the reasons as to why you're leaving, and I can't hold that against you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that you know the opportunities that we had to you know have this you know this little podcast baby of ours for such a long time have uh, been fantastic and I wouldn't trade it for anything um, and you know I, <clears throat> obviously I know we'll still be friends and and um, 
you know, nothing's changing there, but, uh, you know, I, I'm sad to, to say that it's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a diff, it's gonna be, you know, not having you here every week, but, you know, we'll do our best to continue, uh, <laughs> riding this train till the wheels fall off. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing has proven prophetic. I, uh, we decided that with season two, we would, uh, come up with the unique ways of ending the show so each of us came up with a our own unique ending and i being my sarcastic self uh came up with season three being the best season uh and it was a joke at first but i think it's uh maybe something now i feel like uh I think there's a next chapter coming up for uh, Know Your Cinema podcast. I'm really excited for you guys and what you guys are going to do as this as this podcast goes forward. And uh, yeah, I'm going to love kind of, you know, uh, coming on as a guest every once in a while and seeing, you know, how good you guys are doing. So I'm really excited for you guys' future. But I don't want to dwell too much in all of that. I think we should definitely get to Santa Claus. All right. Let's talk about the Santa Claus and since Vivian, you weren't here last week, I'm going to make you go first. Okay, sir. So this is my pick, but here's the, here's the funny part. I have not seen this movie. It's uh, one of those, uh, it's one of those films. Don't worry. I haven't seen it either, buddy. Jason, have you, or had you before? Man. <laughs> it's so funny. You're a thumbnail on the Zoom meeting and I can see your facial expression. <laughs> You're like, come on. I've, I've watched I watched the entire trilogy every year. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Don't need to be mad flexing at me like that, bro. My right. my Christmas street cred <laughs> is on the line. Let's just say it's hella jolly. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I apologize. I did not. I did not mean to offend the Christmas dawn. So. Uh, uh so clearly me and devlin are the only ones uh this is our uh, virgin territory for us so our first foray into santa claus it was uh it was good what else can i say <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert. really good movie um and again i mean this might be the theme for all christmas films uh nostalgia does a lot of work sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine another movie where 20 minutes in, you have the kind of special effects that are in this movie. And in most cases, you would be like, wow, that hasn't aged well. Uh, clearly, I don't, know, I don't know if I should give any more time to this film. But here, it's like, ah, Works. You're thinking of think think about the time frame. It's 1994. I, 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 I was 11, Vivin. I'm I'm I, and but my my point here is that I, I was it somehow works for the film. Like it it it, it just makes it that much more endearing. Like I mean, I'm like yeah. You okay. weren't privy to the White Christmas episode. We were talking about the sets and stuff like that, and we're oh. taking into consideration the time period of oh boy, the sets of that. So. Yeah record just just for for continuity's sake if you were to rate right white christmas what would your rating have been oh um yeah you know what uh so if this gives you any indication 
I found out the day before that I would not be able to record the episode. And I was 15 or 20 minutes away from finishing the film. And I still haven't gotten to it. I was like, well, all right, I'll get around to it at some point. Uh, let's say it was not... First off, first off, is it a Christmas movie? I, it didn't feel very Christmas to me. We discussed uh, that. We discussed that. How it, uh, it it's okay. got a it's got a it's got a twinge of Christmas in it. Yeah. And the, and the finish that like last 15, 20 minutes really drives it home. Really. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The I ending mean, is like the strongest of the parts. I think I mean, it's I think it's the the spirit the spirit of Christmas and giving is what really is the driving point of the movie. We're, we're talking about right, like Christmas. We're not talking about Santa Claus anymore. Um, but, but we got to talk about this. Now, that first, that first song, that, you know, that memorable song, that Bing Crosby song. But after that, I'm like, oh, this is, I was expecting something great. And uh, I love old films. And I just couldn't get into this one. And I understand why they were using the, the, the so obvious sets. You know, they were, this is the first time they were shooting in that new Vista Vision format, which was this giant cameras that needed like a lot of light to kind of film everything properly. So I'm sure it had a lot of limitations. Uh, overall, the movie isn't bad. Again, you give it a lot of, a lot of uh, nostalgia points, I guess. And I see why certain generations love the film. I just, I just couldn't get into it myself, and I don't know if I should, if it is even, um, if it's even admissible for me to give it a grade since I haven't finished the last fifteen minutes. So maybe for the final episode, I'll give you the my actual rating. Okay. Are you okay. curious what the fuck me and Devlin rated it? Uh, a little, a little. <clears throat> no, no. This is what we rated it. Oh, both of you rated a ten. Yeah. Wow. What happened last episode? <laughs> what hey, man. Hey, man. We're both like a kind of all struck into it, man. We fell in love with that film. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, okay. We weren't even in like, I wasn't even in the mindset of a Christmas movie after Danny Kay and Bing Crosby started cracking me up. I wasn't even in that mind. I was into the story. I, re- I was into the story and the love story and the, yeah. the everything going around that encapsulated it. And, you know, again... If you listen to the episode, me and G- I felt nostalgic about my grandfather and okay. his stuff in the war and yeah. how he kind of felt. So I like, and this is my mom, it's one of my mom's favorite Christmas movies and Jason's mom's favorite Christmas movie. So I I watched it 30 years ago as a kid and didn't have an appreciation for it. So like watching it now and actually watching it mm-hmm. made me really get into the story. Like I said, I completely forgot it was, a, it's supposed to be a Christmas movie. And then the end happens, and I'm like, "It's a fucking Christmas movie." Okay, all right. I, I gotta, I gotta finish this movie now. So, uh, yeah. all right. On my final episode, I will, uh, I will render my judgment. Anyways, let's parlay that back into uh, back Santa Claus. Into, uh, Santa Claus, uh, Tim Allen's <clears throat> Santa Claus. Uh, as I said, really good movie. Uh, I think I loved pretty much every part of it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, the it's like the worst about... review you've ever given, ever. <laughs> I know, In the so... history of this podcast. 
You're phoning it in at this point, buddy. You're like, like, I got one more Bruce episode. Willis Fuck these guys. The whole entire episode. I'm giving them shit. <laughs> look, look, look. No, 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 no. You think I'm giving my two weeks here? I, am I acting like I'm on my two weeks? Yeah, it looks like uh, yeah. yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100% two weeks. <laughs> it was a two week. As soon as you found out that you, there was one more episode, you're like, I'm going to basically say three words this episode in regards to the movie, and then I'm just going to be done. I'm, I'm just like, going to coast. I'm going to give the worst, like, I'm going to give the movie a good review as far as, like, saying that it was good. There could be but two works at play in this. He's trying to be he's trying to be Billy Badass in front of his kid and not give a solid review. Because <laughs> we can see Arya, dan- you know, dancing in the background, and she's all curious. as like, who's these two fat faces in her, in her dad's computer? <laughs> <laughs> what is dad doing at we that? look like we look like the evolution chart of santa claus at this point all right yeah okay thanks but um you know i mean continue Viv. i mean you say so you, say you love uh, this movie you love everything about it like do viv and get specific <laughs> give I, me I, one, tell me a thing you like about this film Oh. It seems right now like you read a review online. Why should we not you kick like, you out of the like podcast right now? Said about the movie. Tell, tell us why we should not send you home right now. So, Santa Claus is in this film. I'm, I'm, I have. So, uh, uh, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Uh, he's, he's, he, I think he's uh, perfectly cast for this role. And you know, I was thinking he had a two really good year run. I'm trying to remember. Now, when did uh, his show Home Improvement come out? Was it 93, 92, 91? He, he, was, he was over like Rover for years. Years before that? No, no, no. Because he has uh, Santa Claus come out in 94. And then yeah. 95, he has Toy Story. So those the Home Improvement ran from 91 to 99. He had an eight-year run. So he was already three years into his Home Improvement run. I didn't realize how big of, uh, how big of a decade Tim Allen had in the 90s. Yeah. That Santa Claus. He's also yeah. one of the only people cast as Santa Claus who has felony cocaine smuggling charges on him. That's true. Facts. Wow. I mean, that's a real Robert Downey Jr. story or like a comeback story. Dude, and it's it's like quite a comeback too because it was even before he was acting. He went from like felony convict to like everybody's favorite TV dad. Yeah, yeah. That's quite the leap there. Well, not, not, every, not everybody's. But we're talking TV dads. You need to hold up. You need to should know your role. You know Dan Connor. I know it. I I know. I I, I spoke out of turn. I, yeah. I I spoke out of turn. John, hey, hey, you got you got you got Anzi the pantsy. Jason, you hold your ground. If you believe something, all right. He knows he's wrong. I don't. I don't. I I was wrong. Thank you. <laughs> that was one hundred percent right on this. I spoke too fast. All right. TV dads, we, I mean, if we're ranking them, we're, we're going to go. We're going to go right up there. Um, Tim Allen's not going to be on that list. Just to clarify, who's Dan Connor? <sighs> I'm going to miss you, Viv. 
I'm gonna miss you and <laughs> the then the aneurysms that I almost have every time you say some shit. I mean, you're I, lucky I, your kids in the room and possibly look, could see the, I, the, I, the I double birds. Jason's face right now says it all. I know I should know him. Do you know John Goodman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. I now know Roseanne. Yeah. Dan okay. Connor. Oh, and the Connors. Okay. I got you. No. What? <laughs> this Isn't is that? so much better on video. Jason's hands on his face. Roseanne, the TV show, was before the Connors. He's playing the same character on the Connors yeah. as he played in Roseanne. Right. When we say Dan Connor, we meet Dan Connor from like 88 to like 97. He's the, and then the Connor continuation on. But I, I appreciate Dan Connor in that first run versus the second. Oh. Same character though, right? Same character. They just they they write they write him a little different in in, okay. this, in this new series. Hmm. And and Josh Josh Whedon was a writer on Roseanne too, or whatever his name, Josh Weldon or whatever his name was. Josh Whedon was a writer on Roseanne. Yes. You can look it up. He probably wrote the finale. I saw I saw his name. I was watching Roseanne. And I saw his name on the screen. Actually, like, I heard that that's not the same guy, is it? I googled it and I was like, it is the same guy. So yeah. Anyways, okay. we're we're off. We're off. So do you want to just turn it over to one of us since you just gave us this hey, whoa, 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 mundane whoa, whoa. review? So um, like, are, is I, your microphone batteries dying? Like, are you try? Are you only allowed to save a say a certain amount of words? Okay. Does, does Beth have you on a word restriction? All right. Ho, ho, hold on. Hold on. I'm 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 looking up Wikipedia on this movie. Let me see what else I can talk. About. I'm oh, for crying out! I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> guys so by the way uh fun fact this movie is probably the first movie that came the, i finished so close to the recording time generally i have this uh, movies watched like a day before or even a couple hours before the podcast starts and this one was done pretty close to i won't tell you exactly what time we record because that's the top secret uh but <laughs> Okay, I mean, I watched it. I mean, I got done with it about 8 o'clock, so I'm not... <laughs> oh, all right. So we are revealing that. Oh, that's public information? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I like Maybe, to have yeah. the movie fresh in my mind. So okay. I'm watching it the day after, and I'm not like, oh, hey, here's this. Uh, I can't remember this scene. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Plus, I'm not a huge fan of Tim Allen, so I really want to really either, in my review, really want to kill him or really want to you know, praise him, so... I think he's good in this film. And can I can we give some props to whoever did the prosthetics in this film? Top notch. I mean, I, I really his transformation into Santa Claus is just spot on. I, I think it works perfectly. And I know part of that is also the performance. I I think uh, the he his personality and how he comes off in you know he's he's a comedian so they're and comedians have a a shtick that they follow right they have something that is them like if you think about will farrell or raymond or a anybody you know uh all of these are we considering are we considering him a comedian all right uh ray romano is he ray... A comedian? No, he said rain man so he's talking about dustin hoffman <laughs> oh okay i'll take that over ray romano Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Jerry Seinfeld. 
I mean, maybe he got his maybe he got his Are we, Ray, Ray Romano confused because Ray Romano's uh, dad was in this or, or the TV dad was in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, but okay. I don't know his Peter name. Boyle. Peter Boyle, yes, the great Peter Boyle, who was also in Frankenstein, also in Taxi Driver, um, also uh, in the actor. entirety of the trilogy of Santa Claus movies. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we are looking forward to seeing part two because we read the uh, you know that little excerpt that they give when it pops up on Disney Plus, and we're like, oh, he has to find a wife or he loses powers. I was like, oh, that's a nice setup. I was wondering what part two is going to be about. So we are curious about that. Um, so we will definitely be probably watching that before. Yeah, I try not to read any any excerpts. I try to keep my 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 viewing the pure. This the beautiful had, part of this entire trilogy is all three films are they're not like cookie cutter. It's not like the same film each time. Like the first one is this type of movie, and then the second one is like you said, the Mrs. Claus one. So it's a lot more love story oriented. So you get a little bit more of like a Christmas romance movie. Don't, don't tell me the what, third, the setup, what the third movie is. Just I just want to know. The third story. one is is a villain and a drastic difference from okay. the other two. Okay, okay. So, so that was something I was thinking about halfway through the film because this movie takes some turns in its plot. I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's going to places that a traditional Christmas movie does not explore. It has this really high concept, but then also has a real emotional center to the film. Um, a real story about the bond between father and son, which I you know, really relate to now and I probably even more kind of react to movies like that. And the family dynamics, all of those things were paid attention to, even though, quote unquote, this is a big holiday film. And it reminded me of uh, movies like Miss Doubtfire, where, you know, you have this really fun and exciting kind of conceit at the center of the film. But at the same time, there's a real deep story that kind of is the, the thing that you take away, right? the moments that you remember, the things that you're kind of thinking about after the movie's over, that's here. And that was the surprise for me. It was not the special effects. It was not anything uh, in the sense of, oh, you know, look how the North Pole was created or how any of these additional elements, you know, it's really about that story and how, um, how they really kind of went for it. And it was not just surface level. And then, like towards the um, the latter half of the movie, I'm like, how are they going to surpass this in the next two films? Like this, I, I think they have really mined this material for what it's worth. So I I was already scratching my head, going, should they be making a two and three on this one? So I'm um, I'm now really curious now that Jason says the the next two parts still delivers. So you're either going to fall in one or two categories when it comes to the second third movie of this franchise. You're either going to love it the way that I do and mm -hmm. think that it's fantastic and heartwarming and awesome, or you're going to think they should have stopped at the first one. Oh. And that's, that's just plain and simple. It's not, at the end of the day, it's not every single person that watches all of these movies and thinks that they should have continued on and made all of them. Mm -hmm. And like the IMDB ratings show that, that it's not everybody that believes that way. Okay. For me personally, 
the third one is the one that that I feel the most Christmas spirit from out of all three of the films. Um, and then okay. it is the worst rated of all the movies. So it just, <clears throat> it just, again, it depends on how you look at it and how you see it. I think over the trilogy, they do a good job of uh, character development throughout all of the characters. And if you can appreciate that for what it is, then great. If you aren't into it in that way, then it's probably not going to hit for you. Is the sun still <clears throat> part of the next two films? He is, he's in the second one okay. more than the third one, but they make up, they, there's, a, there's a lot going on in the third movie that they, that they have to deal with. They have to, they have to focus on what the, the base plot is yeah. more so. Um, so you, there's a, a bigger thing going on than just the father son or family bond that you're getting okay. in the first two movies <clears throat> that's fair well that's that's good to know all right it's the I'll, avengers I'll... of uh holiday films the third one is are you telling me that there is a a big meetup yes okay all right say no more Devlin, I'll pass the mic to you. All right. Um, first, I want to say that I'm I'm not a big fan of Tim Allen. I've never been a big fan of Tim Allen in his acting style, so to speak. I think that this showed a little more pizzazz. And what I mean by that is, is that when he starts to turn fat as Santa, when they put the suit on him, he plays the part very well. He he acts like a man who just suddenly became fat, like how he walks and how he acts, and uh, really really good job by Tim Allen. And like I said, not a big fan, so I'm giving him some props here. Uh, I I really I really relate to this story uh, as someone who come from a divorced family and had to spend holidays with his dad and for the longest time, never really connected with my father in certain aspects of things. So um, I was really enthralled with the story of the son and the father and how they were connecting um, over something very minute, but also something very big to a child of that age. And that's, you know, Christmas and the lore, the lure of Santa Claus. And um, it, this is a really good movie, really good Christmas movie. Um, I think that the story has a very, a very slow burn build up to the apex. And I think that uh, the, the ending was um, felt almost rushed, but it wasn't really too rushed. It, I get what it was going. It almost seemed like they were building towards sequels with this type of this type of uh, apex in, in the movie. Uh, it seemed uh, just, uh, I don't want to say pedestrian at times, but it did. Um, 
it, it overall, it, like I said, it's a really good holiday film, really good Christmas movie, has a really great story, really great cast of characters. <sighs> Judge Reinhold hurts me in this movie. <laughs> I, his acting feels like it fell off a cliff in this movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I almost want to say he's, tr- he's playing a character, but he, and he's trying too hard as an actor. It just seemed very like wet paper towel, not Ooh. even like interested in the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, his character. Like I just kind of gave him a second thought. He just didn't seem to have a lot of personality. Um, okay. And it's like, uh, the ex-girlfriend ex-wife or whomever is the father of charlie i'm like she went from tim allen who has uh, a very very vibrant jovial personality not even a santa uh his character to judge reinhold and i'm like this is just this is just uh not that good uh on his part um (laughs) The the head the head elf I can't remember his name what was it started with a B Bernard Bernard he um all I could think about was Harold and Kumar <laughs> all I could think about was his part in Harold and Kumar he had a part and, in Harold and Kumar yeah he was the one of the uh, he was one of the uh, the Jewish next door neighbors who were trying to watch uh, the movie with Katie Holmes in it. What are the films um, at the end? He seems so familiar, but I can't. Play he was him. in the TV show Numbers. Okay. And um, he was also okay. in. Um, he was in something else, and I can't remember. All I can remember is like a scene where he, like he's laughing because he's like the bad guy, or he's like, oh, he was in. Um, he was in. Uh, this is the end. He was one of the uh, people in This Is the End when the 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 whole apocalypse started and he fell in the hole. Oh, okay, yeah. Huh. He's been in a, he's been in a numerous amount of things in Hollywood. But all I could think about was Harold and Kumar. I'm like, man, he looks so young in this movie. And then I realized <laughs> it was '94, and I'm like, God, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like I said, this is a very good holiday movie. Um, acting aside, in some parts, it's it's got a great story, great meaning. It's for its time. And I always put myself in that perspective for its time um, that it, it holds up really well. Um, even the, the special effects, stuff like that. Um, really enjoyed, not even the the characters of the reindeer were hilarious to me. I thought they were, they were, <laughs> they were super fun uh, interactions and had personalities with that they couldn't even talk. So I thought it was pretty, pretty cool how they manipulated that into making it part of the, the act. So, uh, yeah, the, this movie's really good, and I recommend it to anybody who want to watch it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you guys catch the fact that there's... Uh, so there's... <sighs> I just noticed it this time around, and it upsets me because you guys haven't seen the entirety of the films or at least just the second one to understand the way this theory would work in terms of the films. But if you watch all of these movies together and, and then I told you the theory, (laughs) 
that I have in my head that I have explored a little bit and I've read other people have similar theories. This film did not start as a trilogy. It was just one movie. And I'm pretty sure they were just going to end it at that. And then yeah. they added on their two in like the early 2000s, like 2002, 2004, I believe is when they came out. <clears throat> and they, there's so much, somehow they have pulled off an impressive continuity throughout the three movies that makes sense on such a deep level <laughs> that I just, it's just that part just blows me away in, in a sense because they weren't even trying to do it when they were making this movie, but they did it. Um, so I felt like uh, the thing that I was going to say that I noticed in this movie the most is, did you notice the entire length of the film that there's elves in the entire movie devlin did you notice that at all yeah the little kids that were like when they walked away those, those were elves uh-huh yeah. so they're they're like sprinkled throughout everything even before he becomes santa claus there's elves there which i found <clears throat> super interesting and i feel like it plays uh, it plays smoothly into everything um, but I, I, I was kind of blown away with that part when you, when you notice that and then think about the entire continuity of everything in the three films. Um, <clears throat> but then watching this again, obviously I've seen this movie, I don't know, probably at least 25, 30 times my, you know, through, throughout my life. And <clears throat> I don't feel like I ever get tired of it. I feel like the world that they create at the North Pole, even though we barely get to see it, is enough to make you want more of it, I think, in my opinion anyway. I think it's it's well thought out enough. It's imaginative. And then, you know, they continue to build on that throughout the rest of the movies. Um, and <clears throat> I, I personally... I love this film. I love, I, I don't think that the acting performances are that bad in any way, shape or form. I think specifically, I think Tim Allen's performance is fantastic. I think the transformation from like, you know, barely there dad who, you know, wants a relationship with this kid, but there's like just a lot I going on in his life. I didn't trash Tim Allen's performance. I didn't trash it at all. I didn't say that you trashed oh. it. I'm just saying oh. like, I didn't say that you trashed it. I just said that I, I'm I'm just giving it extra. Oh, okay, uh, I was because I, I, I was I was more focused on Reinhold and then I was Tim Allen's. I, I I can see what you're saying when it comes to him. I think he is a little bland, um, but I think I think he's trying. To, they're he, they're trying to make him more of the straight man to Tim Allen's crazy zaniness that he's got going on. Right. And I know, and, and I knew, I knew what they were going for. I just don't think that he pulled it off very well. I think that he just felt like, no, a I mean, napkin. He, he's, he's just a, he, I mean, think about it though. They wanted him to be a douche and he's definitely a douche. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, he's he's a like, he's a fall guy, and, and for <laughs> sure. No, I'm 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 not I'm not saying anything like that. I just I've only seen um I've only seen him in a couple of things, and uh, I'm just not a big fan of his work, I guess overall. So um, th- that's it. That's all it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying by no means am I saying his acting performance is Oscar worthy or. I mean, it's it's rather worthy, if anything, um, for sure. But uh, I think overall, though, I enjoyed I enjoyed Tim Allen's performance in this movie so much. Like, I think that the transformation that he does from you know Scott Calvin into Santa Claus is such distinct transformation. It's not something that is subtle in any way. Like you really, I mean, he does a good job of, of making the transformation seem naturally progressive, but you, you look at the, the Scott Calvin that we have in the very beginning of the movie, and then you see him as Santa Claus and the person that is Scott Calvin who puts on that suit versus the person who is wearing it a year later is too completely vastly different people yeah and he becomes santa claus in such a beautiful way and you don't really there's not like there's not like a a a whole uh whole thing where it feels forced in any way you feel like you get that natural progression of him going from you know asshole (laughs) who really doesn't want anything to do with it to he slowly starts to think like, what the hell's going on? Then his body starts changing. You know, I, 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 I don't want to catch up, but I, I don't, I don't really think Tim Allen's character is an asshole. I never found him to be an asshole. I felt like he was trying to do the right thing for his relationship with his kids. So he could kind of keep it. And then every time he started to not believe in what had happened, he's he, it like something triggered in him that, you know, he's looking at his kid and his kid believes so hard in what they had seen. He wanted to believe it. Like when he was trying to tell him not to talk about it anymore, instead of telling him like it didn't happen, forget it. Da, 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 he says, all right, let's just keep it between me and you because in the back of his mind, he thinks that it's real too, but he just is not so sure. But I don't think he was being an asshole. And I don't think at that point in time, I don't think at that point in time he's being an asshole. I think more along the signs of like when he first puts on the the coat and hat and he's dealing with the reindeer, like the first opportunity of him coming out of the house. And I'm not saying he's like, you know, he's not Billy Bob Thornton and bad saying an asshole, but I feel like like prickish behavior. And then and then I, I think, I, uh, I think it definitely you see a, a good progression with him, and so that I found to be super impressive. And I noticed it more during this version, watching the film this time than I think I have in the past. And so I was <clears throat> more impressed. And I also think that it does a good job of um, that end wrap up in in the way i judge christmas movies is if they can put 
tears in my eyes, then they, I feel like they've done a good job of, of filling me with that Christmas spirit because it always makes me tear up. And that scene where he's flying ahead and he kind of drops the presents down. And the one thing that I think that uh, uh, What's-His-Face does right is when he does open that present and it's a weenie whistle, you can see the childlike wonder in his eyes when he opens that, that weenie whistle, you know what I mean? If he does nothing else right in the entire film, he at least nails that one reaction to yeah. toy where he's like, where it just, you can tell that it takes him back to a completely different innocent time before the world had taken that away from him. All right, guys, let's go to favorite scenes. Um, Vivin, you've been kind of quiet for a while. Let's uh, hear your favorite scene, sir. I think the the part where he actually goes to the transformation, that is a fun sequence. Uh, and again, I think this kind of hinges on Tim Allen's performance and also the uh, the makeup and prosthetics work. Uh, it is a uh, yeah. It, it it it's there are some movies where it kind of hinges on some pivotal moments kind of paying off, and uh, especially with a movie like this where you have a quote unquote an uh, ordinary Joe Schmo suddenly being inducted as the next Santa Claus. So always the key question is well, will they be able to pull that off? And I think this movie at least in that department really kind of uh scores an a an a plus in that department so it it works as a sequence by itself and it really kind of delivers as a film because of that sequence that's my favorite favorite scene okay um my favorite scene is the first time when he puts on the suit and they go out to 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 do the the finish up the Santa duties, uh-huh. and um, just that whole s- sequence of scenes right there, I really enjoyed the 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 childlike enthusiasm he gave. Like the first time he went down the chimney, like it didn't freak him out, and like he's just like, I'm not doing that again. And then he's like, I can't go down this tiny little tube. And then he goes down, and like it shows how the chimney expands into this glorious chimney. Uh, the magic of Santa Claus. So I really enjoyed that first inclination of of uh, having to be Santa and the, the, the everything that entails with it. Just kind of learning and like being mesmerized about everything. Uh, plus the interaction with the reindeer was pretty funny there too. So mm-hmm. Jason? Mm, there's so many scenes in this movie. I there's so many scenes in this movie that I absolutely love. And, and some of them are even like subtle little, some of them are just subtle interactions. I love the part where he comes over after he's lost all visitation rights of Charlie and he's just coming over to say goodbye. And you can see there's, there's a heartbreak in his, in his eyes and in his just being that I never want to feel and it's so real in that moment and then Charlie tells him to just believe and he hands him the snow globe 
and you can see his whole face fills instantly with just this this sense of purpose and this hope that you know like everything's going to be okay because like what he said is true i am santa claus and you know it's not just one kid that's depending on me it is every child in the world is depending on me to do this and so there's like just so much in that one little teeny interaction that i find to be fantastic um the next scene that i would say was probably my favorite is when uh, his mom and stepmom realize or mom and stepdad realize like his mom realizes at first when he sees her and she says you know she's carrying she throws the the court papers in the fire and you can see on her face that she you know she knows that like this is not the man that I married. This is Santa Claus, you know? Yeah. And, and then when they, he starts dropping the, the, the presents from the sleigh as he's flying off and, you know, the, the little gold ball falls into this, you know, the stepdad's hands and he opens it up and then there's that weenie whistle. And then that rush of emotions comes back to him as everything in the entire world that is, has been his life up until this point has just been stripped away from him. And for just a slight moment in time, everything is, is fine and he's just a child again. And I feel like if he does nothing, like I said, I mentioned it earlier, if he does nothing right in this movie, he nails that one interaction with the weenie whistle and I feel like those those scenes are probably easily my favorite of the whole thing. <clears throat> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, favorite quote. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Um, okay. It's when he goes back to the little girl's house in the, when he first became Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes, you got fatter. And he goes, well, you grew too. I think I laughed harder when she was just like, you know, out of the, the mouths of children are the mouths of babes. She was just like, you got fat. Or you got fatter. I was just like, ouch. But I just, I laughed. I thought that was pretty funny because it's not what I expected. I just expected to be like, Santa? But no, she she gave that first line. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. And then he followed it up with a typical Santa line and I thought that was a good good little comeback too, so. A cute yeah. little scene, but funny as well. So I enjoyed that. There is a line. Um, it's in the same scene. Uh, same girl delivers this line too. And it really is a good callback to the earlier scene when he first time goes to her house. Uh, but obviously he was not prepared to be sent in yet. But this time around, he has fully kind of <laughs> literally embodied and... Uh, uh, accepted his role as Santa Claus. So the the line that you just mentioned, and then he drinks the milk and uh, he has that reaction. And I didn't remember what happened the first time around when he oh, went there. And But the little girl remembered. He drinks the milk, he has a strange reaction to it. And then he goes, I think this milk is a little sour, little girl. And she goes, remember you told me you're lactose intolerant? 
and I it both made me chuckle and also uh, kind of was another way of kind of giving us as a, a reminder for us adults like how seriously kids will take this you know they really you know so if santa said that he is lactose intolerant he's going to pay attention to that and make sure that it's different the next time around so that's awesome yeah so i i definitely that was one of my favorite lines uh there's one other one if i if i can remember it, I'll, I'll mention it. jason you can go ahead now um one of my one of my favorite lines in this movie. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's the one I thought of um, when they first go to the North Pole, and he's talking to Judy, the, the little elf, and she says he says something about that she's cute, and he says she says oh, I'm seeing somebody in rapping. The way <laughs> that like she says that is just I don't know why it's just so fucking funny to me. Like it was like so like. You know, he's just, you know, she he, to him, he's just a little, she's just a little kid. I think that line should have been, I'm seeing a rapper. I mean. I think that would have been a lot more funnier for that moment. Because then Tim Allen could have played off of it. And been like, he, I, I can see it both working and not working. Yeah, I guess it just depends on. I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to criticize anything, but I just thought that that line, was, <laughs> it could have been, it could have been. Just, just differently written right there for that point in time. Just because he was like a novice to what was going on and thought it was a dream, like could just been a little funny there. But um, I see. I, I think it's funny the way that it is. But I mean, right. it, it could have hit different for you, you know. Yeah. Um, favorite uh, performance, gentlemen. I can take this one. It's Tim Allen for me, easily. I I think he does just a, a tremendous job of transforming from Scott Calvin to Santa Claus, and it's wow. it's what carries this movie. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big Tim Allen fan, but he, I think that he did a really great job in this movie as well. Um, maybe it turns the tide for my uh, not. I don't have hatred for Tim Allen, but it. it I think that he did a really good job, and especially the parts when he was transforming into uh, a, a, the fat Santa Claus. Because, like I said, I think that he just how he physically looked like someone who was struggling <laughs> with just all of a sudden gaining weight, like just how his posture was and how he kind of wiggled when he walked. And I'm sure it was the fat suit or whatever like they had him put in. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a really good job though. So, Biff. Comet, the reindeer, gave a pretty solid performance in this film. Okay. I mean, uh, I'm going to let it stand. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to. I, uh, but. Uh, if you it, like this performance in this one, just wait till the sequel. <laughs> wait till the sequel. See what happens in part two. Uh, see what he does to Mrs. Claus. Uh, that made us a strange direction. Yeah, yeah, that went no. I went clerks two direction. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that reference, but I'm. Uh, no, I'm not mentioning it on here, but. Yeah, no, no, that's not. You, I remember watching Clerks two. Maybe I've just kind of taken it out of memory. Uh, Jason, you. I'll, 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 Are you talking I'll, about the "I'm taking it back" thing? No, no, the uh, the the uh, the interspecies erotica. 
Oh. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Now I remember. Okay. Huh. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll also give it to Tim Allen. Uh, Comet was good, but uh, it really is Tim Allen's movie. So, and he he as a leading man, I think he he does a great job. He holds the movie together, and he makes me believe <clears throat> in Santa Claus. And I I do think that there's something to be said too. Like while we're talking about great performances, Charlie nails it in every every way, shape, and form. Yeah, Charlie was Charlie was good too. I think that as I mean, granted, he's just he's a kid playing a kid, but. At the same time, he fucking crushes it. Like you can see every bit of what I mean. The, the movie wouldn't have been quite as good, I don't think, without that a great performance from him either. So, right. Okay. Uh, ratings, gentlemen. Viv, I'll, I'll uh, give it a nine. Uh, Viv, I think me and you're right there. I'm gonna give it a nine as well. Okay. I'm going to give it a 10. I cannot in any way picture Santa Claus without it being Tim Allen. He, this movie and the, this, this, the trilogy of films is you, you, you don't picture the guy from Jurassic Park as Santa Claus? The guy from Jurassic Park? No, fuck no. No. Are we talking like Miracle on 34th Street? The remake, yeah. Ugh, No. Wait, what? Please. Miracle on 34th Street, I have never been into able to get into. I'm sure that it's a good film, but I cannot do it. It is just not it for me. We'll have to put that on the maybe maybe next year. Have you ever seen the original or the remake of Miracle on 34th Street? I have not. Okay. The original is black and white, right? The original, yeah. yeah. I mean, the remake is okay. is the guy from Jurassic Park, the the owner of Jurassic Park. Oh, that's why you. Okay, okay. Now I get the. Yeah, yeah. Reference. No, I was just, I was just making it. I was making a joke because when I started thinking about uh, movie Santa Clauses, like Tim Allen is not the first one, and neither is the guy from Jurassic Park. But uh, I was just trying to think, wrap my head around like who would be like, like rack my mind around who would be like the Santa Claus that I picture in my mind. Um, it's probably like the Santa Claus from A Christmas Story, which Jason hates, but a ho 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 is always in, in my mind. Oh ho ho. Oh good. Ugh. It's disgusting that that's the Santa Claus. It's that makes me sad for your ho, ho, ho. Yeah, it's awful. Ugh. That's your Santa Claus. When you picture Santa Claus, you get that guy, you get yeah. boot to the face, kick you down the slide, kid. Yeah. You're gonna shoot your eye. Oh. I'm sad for you. I want to give you a. I want to give you a hug and hope. Okay, and- let me let me. Okay, let me give you guys a fun story real quick while we're on here. Okay. So I grew up in a little town called Radcliffe, Ohio, and okay. there was a, a gentleman by the name of John Hockter who lived down the road from me, and he looked like Santa Claus. Okay. Full on bald head, long hair, beard. He played Santa Claus for years. So when I was a kid. That's how I always remember him. At, so, for in my mind, when I picture Santa Claus, I I I think of John Hockter because he like like I said he was like the first inclination of Santa Claus that I remember as a child. And I would he, accept he lived that. down the street from me. I will accept that. I would have I would have accepted Kurt Russell over that over the, the Christmas Story guy. 
I, I feel like Kurt Russell is like Wyatt Earp Santa Claus. <laughs> He's guess. fantastic. He's uh, fantastic. I haven't seen the second one, but man. I haven't either. Movie. I haven't watched it either, but I, I think fantastic. that I always think of like when I saw him the first time, I'm like, he is like the most badass Santa Claus of all time. Really? Okay, this really makes me want to watch that film. The Christmas have you not seen it yet? You've not seen it? No, I have not. So there's it's two good. of them, right? It's, yeah. It's damn good. I haven't seen the second one. I can't judge on that one, but the first one is fantastic. Yeah, first one's really good. He just he he seems like wider playing Santa Claus and like I'm terrified of him. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like other than the only other time that I can think of a Santa Claus that's like yeah. that level of badass is there's a movie called uh, Rise of the Guardians. That's not really the a Christmas movie. movie but ha- no, that's just called The Guardians. Oh, okay. Um, Rise of the Guardians is it's about. Uh, uh, it has all of these different characters like the tooth fairy the sandman um easter bunny jack frost and santa claus and they are fighting the boogeyman um, it's not really a christmas movie per se um because it takes place over the entire course of a year and okay. has all the holidays in it but it is a really great movie um and i love it and i always watch it during christmas because it does have santa claus and focuses a lot on santa claus and jack frost but uh, that Santa Claus is a huge badass. And then Kurt Russell's Santa Claus is the only other person that I've ever seen that like you appreciate, you, you can see the love and the joy in him, you know, when it comes to Santa Claus. But at the same time, like you feel like he could beat the shit out of you. But to put it in perspective for you, once you watch it, think of his character in Hateful Eight. Oh, oh. That's the kind of Santa Claus he almost portrays. That's okay. he's got the big beard and the and the mustache and yeah, he feels like that character. He feels like the hangman, but it's Santa Claus. But it's just I mean it's just how Kurt Russell acts too. So he's just trying to be a, a different variation of Santa Claus, but he's kind of like an old bitter Santa Claus in, in that. <laughs> At points, he's still the he's still Santa Claus as a whole. But, anyways, moving on, uh, gentlemen, uh, we got our ratings out. Uh, ready to move on to segment two? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Okay. All right, folks, stick with us uh, for segment two. Right after a brief word from the gang at Know Your Cinema. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and supporting Know Your Cinema podcast. If you like what you hear in this episode, please check out our vast library of over 60 episodes covering a wide variety of films from comedy, action, horror, and everything in between. You can listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Also check out our social media platforms for fan polls and interaction with all the hosts of Know Your Cinema Podcast. Give us a like at Facebook at Know Your Cinema Podcast. Follow us on Twitter Instagram, and TikTok at KYC Podcast. And now, without any further ado, back to the show. Welcome back to Know Your Cinema Podcast. This is segment two, the Get to Know Know Your section of, of Know Your Cinema. And again, with, with me as always is Jason Quinn and Vivid Matthew. And this week, the returning Vivid Matthew has the question of the week. So I'm going to give the floor to Mr. Matthew. Viv, what is your question for us this week? So the two Christmas seasons that we have been able to uh, uh, review movies on this podcast, we've really kind of 
pool together a selection of uh, what we uh, believe to be classic Christmas films, right? And uh, some of them we have not seen. So, you know, this is our chance to do that and then kind of share our experience with the audience. Uh, something that I uh, thought about was there is this trend now, and I don't know how long it's been going on. I first noticed it in 2011 when... Uh, <clears throat> David Fincher's uh, Girl with the Dragon came out, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, it came out in December and they purposefully marketed that film as an anti-Christmas film, like as a counter-programming. And I realized that there's a whole slate of films that are either through marketing or just in the setting of during the Christmas season that you could consider as a counter-programming to the, the jolly spirit of Christmas. Uh, some would put, now I don't know where Die Hard would fall in the spectrum, uh, but uh, I think of like, so that's where this question is now driving to. Are there any films that you can think of that you would think of? It would still fall within the Christmas category, but it is the, it is flipped where the, uh, the, the things that are traditionally part of what the Christmas spirit is, this, these, these movies kind of flip the script on it. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually can go on this one again. So I, every year I watch a movie, um, it's a black comedy, uh, called ice harvest. So it's got John Cusack, Billy Bob Thornton, um, Oliver Platt. And I can't remember Randy Quaid. Okay. And, it's so the setting is Christmas Eve and okay. into Christmas Day, um, but it's nowhere near a Christmas movie. Okay. But the the music and the snow and the lights and all that stuff's there. Him putting presents under the tree for his kids later in the film, it's all there. But it's a really funny, just great movie, um, and I I love it. I love watching it. I think like I'm a huge mark for Oliver Platt, so everything that he's in i'll watch even the movie year one he makes that movie so good just being in it so i don't know if you've ever seen that movie year um, one yeah that's a it's a really good film but um it it doesn't fall under anybody's radar as far as um a christmas you know movie or um a uh, uh it's not your prototypical movie there's also another one, but Jason's probably not gonna like it. It's a um, it's a horror movie. Um, it's called Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's about a axe wielding murderous Santa, uh, or a guy oh. dressed up as Santa. So that's another one that's really uh, out there. Um, and then of course there's a, a, another horror film called Black Christmas. Um, so that's another another one that would I throw in there. I mean, it's just it's not something that I watch during Christmas time, but I have seen them. So uh, I would throw I throw you know those movies in there. There's like I haven't seen Krampus either. I really want to see Krampus, and it's supposed to be like a uh, uh, a Christmas horror movie. Yeah, and a lot of people have, have recommended comedy that too. Watching. Comedy. It's a Christmas horror comedy. Oh, really? Krampus is okay. If I recall correctly. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I, I I've never seen that either. So I mean, there, there's a lot out there if you if you sit down and think about it. Um, I remember as a kid, like the Wizard of Oz would be on during like Thanksgiving and Christmas sometimes uh, during the holiday season. 
and it's not really a, a holiday Christmas movie. So, I mean, that, that you could throw that in there too. And I love the Wizard of Oz. So, uh, but I mean, it, it, there are movies out there. I mean, you just got to find them, whether they take place kind of in Christmas. Um, I always start the movie watching the Christmas season watching out with um, Grumpy Old Men. And it takes place right before Thanksgiving and then goes, the story goes into Christmas. So, technically not a Christmas movie. Okay, but uh, I... I got a bunch of them. So, I mean, I watch Christmas movies and holiday movies and things that I think that are holiday movies are falling there. Even we reviewed Zack and Mary Make a Porno. uh, And that starts right at uh, Thanksgiving Eve, right before Black Friday. Yeah. So, Jason's dying over there. He knows the line. <laughs> oh, God. That line gets me every time. I don't think I'll ever. It's the straight face way he says it, too. <laughs> I'll literally never in my entire days be able to get through that that scene without laughing. Hey, I mean, I, I, I take... Uh... I take one of my life credits as having Craig Robinson try to punk me out in front of a live audience. So, I love That's Craig awesome. Robinson. That dude's amazing. Jason, I think. I mean, I think that there's some. There's. I mean, if you. I mean, even some of the movies that I think we even have, we have Gremlins in here. I don't think Gremlins is like your stereotypical yeah. Christmas movie. I mean, yeah. it's definitely. Got that feel though. In my opinion, I would categorize it as a Christmas movie, but it's oh, it's definitely like a Christmas a, movie. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it is, but at the same time, like if you said that it wasn't, I can understand why you would say that it wasn't. I mean, um, in all reality, the boy gets a gift at, of of a mogwai for Christmas. That's his Christmas gift. Right, but at the same time, the whole bulk part of the story is about you know, the gremlins terrorizing stuff. So I can understand why if somebody was to try to make that that argument that it wasn't, I could be like, okay, I'm not saying you're correct in being that it is not a Christmas movie because I I consider it one, but I can at least understand why you would think that. Right. No, um, no, I I completely understand that. I just, that also that for those movie nerds like us, that movie was filmed on the same lot as Back to the Future. (laughs) Dope. There you go. I mean, that's. I mean, and then there's like, you I mean we've got some some that are coming out right now. Um, um, it's usually you usually get a horror film around Christmas time. Um, uh, that's kind of like the the sh- the sheer the real shift. And I, if I if I recall correctly, I think, I think Scream One is a Christmas movie as far as far as like release date goes. I think it came out in December or like late November. Um, but uh, <clears throat> and then you've got like this year, you've got that movie Freaky with uh, Matthew Vaughn or Vince Vaughn, sorry. Vince Vaughn. And then, um, you know, you get Fat Man with Mel Gibson. Um, Fat Man is, is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, your birthday's on the 20th, right? Yeah. Came out on December 20th, 1996. Screamed it? Yes. Yeah, I see. That's that's 
that's obviously one of my favorite films um, when it comes to the horror genre. And it's only fitting that it came out on my birthday. Um, there you go. But <clears throat> I think that that would classify as like an anti-Christmas movie for sure. Yeah. Because um, it's, you know, literally the week of Christmas. But on, on top of that, not only is it, um, it was an anti-Christmas movie in that sense, um, because they were targeting, uh, they did a smart release on that because they were targeting um, teenagers who didn't want to deal with the spirit of Christmas. And in that time, you know, you get that like grungy, you know, era of, of, <laughs> of life. And there was a lot of teenagers that were just like, ah, fuck this. Like, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with Christmas. And then here we are releasing this horror film five days before Christmas. And then it goes on to, as a result of that. Put me in the grungy category since I was 13. Yeah. Came out. You're a hundred percent in the grungy category. Um, I do love my Seattle sound. Thank you. I, yeah, I see. I'm, am I, am I wrong? You're not. I wasn't, I didn't wear like flannel and stuff like that, but uh, I love grunge music. Okay, see, thank you. I classify that as me being right. Yeah, uh, that's a half truth. But I think, I feel like, I feel like Gen X has, has a, a certain amount of rebelliousness that's still apparent in all of people that exist that are a part of Gen X even to today. And that film was targeted at Gen X. And I feel like it uh, it did a, a fantastic job of capturing that audience and uh, crushing it really. I mean it was a it was a hit movie. And then <clears throat> to that same effect, there was also, you know, you you get like movies that aren't necessarily not Christmas movies, but like we've, you know, every year we get like Star Wars and shit like that. They're not Christmas movies, but they always come out around Christmas because people are trying, you know, they're about that that family bond in some ways and stuff like that. So you get the you get like Lord of the Rings and and you know the Hobbit and you get Harry Potter and and uh, all of those <clears throat> big you know sci-fi like adventures and that's what a lot of marvel movies come out like towards the end of november early december time period um so i feel like those aren't really christmas movies in any way shape or form but their release date is kind of to combat in a sense it combats you know with that that christmas time period but at the same time it's you know, you, you get people, people watch those movies with their families. So, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, yeah that, that, that is what kind of inspired the question is all that counter programming to the traditional Christmas affair. Uh, I was thinking about a movie that we actually reviewed this year as part of our, uh, our whole uh, Batman series, Batman Returns. Uh, that takes place during the Christmas season and you know it never kind of hit me as oh wait it, it, it could be seen as some kind of anti-Christmas movie where you really have all the elements in there that kind of plays to that plays to that type of audience some of the things that Jason was uh, talking about but I think there is one writer slash director who consistently places no matter what movie he's doing within the kind of the 
Christmas season. Um, and that is uh, Shane Black. So he's uh, like the writer of, uh, well, I don't know if he did this with Predator, but with Lethal Weapon films. And even when he did his version of Iron Man, that was set during the Christmas season. So everything that he does, he typically kind of centers it around the Christmas season and the story unfolds from there. And But my favorite one of his, which I don't hear many people talk about, is this little gem that uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. did with Val Kilmer. Uh, a few years before he uh, got cast as Iron Man is a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And it's a Shane Back Lytton and directed film. Really funny. It's a dark Christmas comedy. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It is rated R. So just uh, for those of you who have issues with language, why are you listening to this podcast? Uh, but right. if you're listening to this podcast, you should not have any problem with the language in that film. Uh, it is a great film. I, I, it's a great, um, we talk about when you have two actors who really click well together and you have the two greats, you have Val Kilmer and then you have Robert Downey Jr. And they just, they're playing such two opposite characters and yet it works so well together. And the screenplay is just spot on everything. There's enough surprising elements and enough elements in it that kind of makes you feel nostalgic and it's within a genre that you know about so he uh, it's yeah but to kind of bring it back to anti-christmas movies it really has it's set during christmas so that's why kiss kiss bang bang might be my pick for it all right all right sounds good sounds good well it's that time of the day Jason, do you have the movies ready to go? You didn't throw the one from last week back in there, did you? We'll find out. They did that last week. Jason, please let the kind audience know what is left in this stocking. Okay, we have got Trapped in Paradise. Super hoping for that one in some way. Home Alone. Bad Mom's Christmas. Okay. Christmas Vacation. Oh, okay. A Christmas Story. Hmm. Okay. Jingle All the Way. Yes, please. Gremlins. Wouldn't be opposed to that. It's a Wonderful Life, which is the one I hope comes up because Vivian hasn't seen it. And yes, I got to finally off for the podcast. Send him off. Send him off with a, with a classic. Mm-hmm. Or I also accept this one, the night before. <laughs> Sorry, I think about the one scene every time. I just. Oh my God! Have you seen it, Viv? Have you seen the night before? Who's in it? Seth Rogen. Seth uh, Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know what? I think I have. I, I remember seeing it in theaters the year it came out, but I don't remember much about it. Oh. I don't know how you can forget that scene. I don't know. It's okay. one of the funniest scenes in cinematic history, in my yeah. opinion. Top, top five. Easy. All right, let's find out. Shake Are it you up. ready? Ready. Look at that shake. Take that stocking up. He's putting his whole being into that shake. Every part of him. Christmas vacation. 
we end with a we end with a heavy hitter. Wow. All right. I the, love it. Such a heavy hitter. The, I love it. Could be, in most people's opinion, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Have it's you ever mine, seen this one? So, what's that? Have you seen this one? I I don't. I don't know if I have or not. Well, I've seen so many of the Griswolds. Uh, I've seen Family Vacation. What's the one where they go to the amu- They're trying to get to the amusement park. That's, va- that's vacation. vacation. That's the OG. What's the one with the Vegas? I've seen that one. Vegas, Vegas Vacation. Okay. That's after this. Yes. What's the one where they go to Europe? European Vacation. <laughs> nice. I know, I'm just fucking with you. They all are basically the exact same thing that you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. what's the one where they go to this? It's that plus Vacation. No. Well, it's not like Wally World Vacation. It's like it's like OG Vacation <laughs> Christmas. So, wait, wait. Vegas. Is, is, is Wally Vegas. World the first one? Yeah. The first yeah. One? Okay. So where does Christmas Vacation fall? Is that like the second or third second. film? The second. second? Yeah. Okay. No, I might have. So I, was say, I thought European Vacation was first. Europeans, Europeans is the third. I think I've seen all of them, but with the Christmas one, I might have TBS'd it. If you know what. That oh, means. that's no fun. You can't TBS that. You cannot TBS. <laughs> well, Christmas. well, this week it's time to remedy. Normally, I save this for Christmas Day, but I guess I'm watching it twice this year. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you know, this is one of those movies where it hits you and it stays with you. And if you've been following anything that I do on TikTok, I've been seeing on TikTok for 283 days today. Um, so I've been dancing every every single day to a different song every day. And yesterday I danced to Melakaliki Maka. <laughs> which is in Christmas <laughs> Vacation. And I specifically mentioned in the TikTok, like this is one of the songs from one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. And then here we go. <laughs> nice. All right, it was meant to be. All right, guys. Yeah. We got uh, a little less time here on the podcast. So um, with that in mind, um, let's take it home. Viv, uh, we hate to see you go, but uh, you know we know you're going to do better things. So uh congratulations to you on your new venture uh, again we'll do we'll get into more of this next week but with that said my saying every week as my best friend would always say all is right in the world today and remember don't take life too seriously you'll never make it out alive the best is yet to come guys season three all right guys we'll see you later